This Little River Band, Listen to Your Heart. Apparently, this is one of the songs that's on Karate Kid Part 3. I wouldn't know. I don't remember any big songs off of Karate Kid Part 3. Neither do I. This is probably like the second song that played during the credits at the end. Yeah, probably. But I'm watching the music music video right now, and guess what? What? There are cut scenes from Karate Kid Part 3 in there. What a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just inserted in there. You know, weird thing about Little River Band is like they have three really awesome songs, and then the rest of their shit it's sucks just, so bad. Sucks so bad. Yeah, they're, 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 it's they're weird. Not, they're not really. They're they're one of the. What is that one band's on Yacht Rock all the time? Uh, which one? The, the one song. Oh, what is it called? I don't. You, you have to be a little more descriptive. It's like a cool. Is it cool? Cool. Oh, jeez, what is it? Cole and the Gang? No. Little River Band. You, cool Things? That's a Little River Band song. Cool Change. Or Cool Change, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the Little one. River Band. Yeah, that's all. That's always on Yacht Rock Radio. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not a song that I even like by them. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, Reminiscent. Cool Change. I like reminis- Reminiscing. Uh, that's on lady. That's, that's on yacht rock too, right. and uh, the other one is um, I can't I, I can't remember the name of the other one. It's 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 I'm missing it right now. It doesn't matter. So JB's Thriving Podcast brought to you this week by DuckPin.com. <laughs> He's gonna get the bill. <laughs> First sponsor of the show. He's sponsoring the show now. <laughs> the duckpin.com for all your anti-Trump needs. <laughs> How long do you think it's going to last? 2023? What? The anti-Trump stuff? Yeah. No, his anti-Trump stuff. Oh, Christ, dude. He could probably keep going on about it forever. I don't know what there is to bitch about. The guy's out of office in like four days. Or sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, Who knows? Whatever. What? what I don't. And this is. This is so so. Uh, Let's do Karate Kid Part Three for fuck's sake. So okay, before we go diving in Karate Kid Part Three, any thoughts on Karate Kid Part Two? No, yeah, it was a shitstorm. <laughs> this is a very bad movie. It was very bad movie. I, I, it's there's. Very little. There's very few redeeming qualities. Uh, the only now one thing I will say, the least annoying performance by Daniel ever was in part two. was part two. Like part one, he's so over the top fucking cheesy, and yeah. part three, he's back to being over the top cheesy yes. again. Yeah. Part two, they he had a couple scenes where he was a little like eh, but most of the time. He was just kind of like background, and I think it was because he was a lesser part of the story until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the scene at the beginning, he's not involved in that. Uh, yeah. this, the whole reason they go to Okinawa is because of Mr. Miyagi. He's there to support Mr. Miyagi, whose father dies. It's a Sato who's yeah. going to death. You know, so like nothing is really important about him, you know. And even the stuff between him and Kamiko was mostly... About Kamiko. Yeah. Um, he was 
there, and you know he's learning his karate lesson for the year. But that was it. Like that it, was it. Yeah. It was so it, 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 he, I think, because he had less of the time to be annoying, mm-hmm. that was a benefit. Yeah. Unfortunately, he is the main point of the third movie, and uh, he's back to being an annoying little fuck. <laughs> So back to, so Karate Kid Part Three, Karate, Karate Kid Part. Let's dive into this. Yes, this, uh, released June thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine. Three years, ten days after Part Two, mm-hmm. uh, it opened to ten point three million, which was two million less than the Part Two did. Mm-hmm. This one, of course, this one only made thirty eight point nine million, mm-hmm. um, which was number thirty three for nineteen eighty nine. Wow. And the reason that is, I think, has to do with 1989 was a killer fucking year for movies. Yeah. And when yeah. this movie came out, let me give you a list of the movies that were on the top 15, mm-hmm. the or top 12, I think, the week that this came out. Number one, Batman. And it's and it's so one week before this came out, Batman came out. Good God! Number two, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, jeez. Okay. Number three, Ghostbusters, two, yeah. which was that came in right below this because it had been out for two weeks already. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade had been out for five weeks. But still, that's a tremendous movie. One of the greatest movies. Dead Poets Society that's had great. been out for four that's weeks. Great, movie. great Balls of Fire came out the same week as this. Good. Do the Right Thing, the Spike Lee movie, uh-huh. came out the same week as this. Star Trek V came out three weeks before this, which, by the way, worst Star Trek movie of all time. Which uh, was it? That was um. That's uh, the new with the, the would they go off into Finding Angel or something? Yeah, that's yeah, so Discover Country Country Discovery or yeah. something like I don't I don't remember what the fuck. It was horrible called. one. Uh, Field of Dreams was still out after ten weeks. Jeez, uh, this list of movies is fantastic. Yes, see, see no evil, hear no evil. Had been out for seven weeks. That's the uh, prior yeah. Gene Wilder movie. Roadhouse had been out for six weeks. Nice. And Twins was still in the top 12 after 29 weeks. Good God, man. <laughs> so that was your top 12 movies That's the absurd. week that this movie came out. I mean, how bad can you possibly have bad timing? The Batman alone kills it. Uh, Batman, the, 1989's Batman was the number one grossing movie for like over a decade. It's ridiculous. It, it lasted this until had, Titanic. This had I no think. chance. This had no chance. No, none. Zero. I mean, I, I could tell you right now, I went and saw Batman in 1989. I saw it three times oh, that yeah. summer. Oh, man. And I saw uh, Ghostbusters 2. I saw Last Crusade. I saw. Jeez. Uh, I had no idea that was. See No Evil, Hear No Evil. And I saw twins all in the theater. That, there was no chance. No, there was. There was no. I chance. did not see this, this movie this, in this the theater. This wasn't. I mean, plus you know, it was a Karate Kid was released in eighty three, right? Eighty five, uh, eighty four, eighty five, something like that. Was that late? I thought it was more like it. Well, maybe this has just run a, run its course too. Well, <laughs> you know, because times were changing. Oh no! In nineteen eighty four, I have it right here. Yeah, Karate Kid released in 1984. Uh, part two started ten days after, uh, and was re- released in uh, June 20th, 1986. And this one was released June 30th, 1989. So this one's three years after. So, yeah, maybe it's the 
the times were changing. You're looking at a new decade. You know, maybe this 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 type of movie just wasn't appealing anymore either. Well, think, think about how dark Batman was. Yeah, yeah. Now you go from you look at Batman, 1989 Batman, and you watch it today. And you would think it's cartoonish in comparison to Batman Begins yeah. or, like, especially, what was it, The Dark Knight Rises? Is that the second one? The third one, one yeah. Oh, the second thought, one, the oh, one with uh, Joker. Oh, um, you Dark might have Knight, just, Dark Knight. The yeah, Dark, Dark Knight? Knight yeah, okay. Yeah. I always get it confused which one's which. Uh, the one with the Joker was so fucking dark. Um, it was ridiculous. And even the part three was pretty dark, too. Mm-hmm. But you compare those and... You know, 89 is a cartoon. Yes. But if you, back in the day, n- when this movie came out, Tim Burton put this movie out in, in 1989, it revolutionized uh, superhero movies. Like, yeah. there was oh, yeah. never yeah. any superhero movies even remotely like this. They were all these campy bullshit, mostly TV movies. But we're not here to talk about Batman this week. We'll get to that eventually. Um,. But yeah, you're right. I mean, when you look at that and then you compare it to Karate Kid Part 3, which was obviously a campy recap of the first movie. Yeah. Because that's, that's all you really have to say. We, we could just literally stop the podcast now and just say, watch Part 1. Mm-hmm. It's a better movie. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and what, 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 what's, so Rotten Tomatoes has an approval rating of 15%. With an average rating of three point nine three over ten, uh, and that's uh, the critics again. Correct. Simmons uh, score, who are audiences, gave the the film an average grade of a B minus. <coughs> and and honestly, it depends on who's watching it. Mm-hmm. I would think, as a child, I could watch this movie and be highly entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when I saw it on VHS, I thought it was shit. Yeah. Now. Because, and I know we kind of touched this on this last week, um, before we watched the movies, we both sat down and we said, yeah, we remember two being good and three being shit. Yeah. And I think because we walked into it with that precursor, yeah. uh, you know, maybe our, we had lowered the standards so much, especially after watching part two. Yes. Because we remembered part two being good. Mm-hmm. So when it turned out to be such shit. Shit, a pile. And then we knew this one was shit. Yeah. I think that made this one that much more enjoyable. Yeah. And it's also one of those movies that is easy to mock. <sighs> um, it really is. And there's, and that's, you know, that's, it, it, I don't know if you've ever listened to Riff Tracks or MSK3000. Both of them have done references to Karate Kid Part 3. Mm-hmm. Um, both, uh, and, and matter of fact, I believe Rift Tracks actually did the movie Karate Kid Part 3, but I haven't seen it yet. Now, if that's the case, I want to have to download it. I'm going to have to fucking find it. Michael Nelson actually responded to me on Twitter, jeez, six, seven years ago. Did he? Yeah, just like out of the blue, I was like, you know, something like thanks. This is like, because I watched MST3K. <laughs> Dude, I would stay up on school nights till like two o'clock in the morning, because that's when... They had MST3K on. On Order, Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. Yeah, and I yeah. would watch that. Um, I was like 13, 14. I mean, I remember Turkey Day marathons. The weird thing was was I wasn't into that one, mm-hmm. MSK. I, uh, 3000, I didn't like that one. I thought it was too campy and mm-hmm. because I was more of a fan of the old school, you know, movie 
um, like Elvira or oh, yeah, Count. Yeah. Um, fuck it, I, I don't care. Just like Elvira, mm-hmm. uh, but the um, they kind of did what we would do: is sit here and mock a mo- sit here and yeah. watch the movie and mock it. I don't know why I couldn't get into it at the time, and I think it was because I wanted it to be more edgy, mm-hmm. and it was too cartoonish for me. Mm-hmm. Um, then you flash forward to Rift Tracks. They're still kind of cartoonish, but for some reason, I can get into them more often. Yeah, well, that my Rift Tracks is uh, done by uh, Michael Nelson, who was the second person on the second lead on MST3K. Right, Joel Hodgson left, so he broke off and. Um, they did riff tracks, and uh, and I've watched the uh, the three thousands, the, the the more recent ones on Netflix. Those were okay. They're okay, yeah. They're I okay. mean, they're you know, there's none of them are the best, mm-hmm. and I think that the other problem is is that I wanted them to do more racier movies. Yeah, but they um, you know, got and they the do and that in the riff tracks. Mm-hmm. Like they did Samurai Cop in riff tracks. I think it's because they also they don't have to pay for the license for the movies, the show. Right. Like you know, it's it's easier for them. I mean, they did Lord of the Rings. They've done Jaws. They've done. Oh, what riff tracks? Yeah. See, I haven't seen those because I've only seen the ones that have been on uh, Amazon. Oh, I, I haven't actually gone on their website. You, you, you can borrow um, the riff tracks that I have. I will link you to. Well, we'll just discuss it off air. Okay. I don't want to. You know. No, that's fine. But uh, yeah, I've watched most of the ones that are on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's they get a couple good ones here and there, but I think that there's got to be better movies mm-hmm. that they do. They, they, have, they have. So anyway, um, that I think that they were just a, you know, if anything, it's a victim of the timing. 1989, we were moving away from those kiddish-type movies. I agree. It was in, plus the 80s. It was like the 80s. The end of the 80s, everybody was getting tired of it. I mean, look at Twins. Twins was so sarcastic because you took, you basically took one of the biggest stars of the 1980s, actually two of the biggest stars of the 1980s. I mean, DeVito was huge in the comedy scene, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, being a taxi and all the other adult humor-type movies that he did over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you, you take them and you compare and then you have them with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's supposed to be just like over the top Conan, the barbarian every fucking time. And you put them together in this weird sardonic, you know, movie. Yeah. yeah. I know we're talking about everything but Karate Kid Part 3, but seriously, it was like, we have to kind of, you have to understand understand that was a vision of what was happening in 1989 you know what i think uncle buck was the other movie we were talking last week about the two movies it was top gun and i think uncle buck Mm -hmm. and the number three movie was karate kid part two gotcha gotcha i believe i know it's come it just kind of bounced in my head john candy left us too soon yeah john candy my was my favorite actor for a long long time hilarious long time uh him and tom hanks i love tom hanks until uh, probably until Lady Killers, mm-hmm. uh, that really fucking, cause it was like, he did comedy after comedy, which I loved. I, you know, was, I mean, Philadelphia was fine. Um, Forrest Gump, I liked, but then he started taking himself way too fucking seriously mm-hmm. and got away from comedy. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was like, dude, do a comedy. He goes back and he does the fucking Lady Killers, which yeah. was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. So anyway, um, 
So this movie, uh, even the fucking, uh, the, you know, everybody seemed to have a horrible time making this film. Yeah, Dan- they said Daniel didn't show up because he was pissed off. I mean, I'm sorry, Daniel. Uh, Ralph Macchio was unhappy. Yeah, he would show up late. He would be irritable on the set. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Robin Lively, who was playing Jessica Andrews, who was his love interest mm-hmm. in this movie, um, she was... She said it was very difficult working with mm-hmm. Ralph Macchio. The director uh, came out years later in 2015 and shit all over the film and said it was a poor imitation of the first one mm-hmm. and a horrible movie and very uh, difficult to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly they, they blamed everything on the screenplay. They said that yeah, the was, screenplay was, was like kind of shit to begin with, mm-hmm. and then they, they had a rewrite, and the rewrite was kind of like thrown together at the last minute, mm-hmm. and it wasn't really well done. Right. So everybody fucking hated the screenplay of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's apparent at certain points that, like, people had to be ad-libbing. People had to be... There was very disjointed, like, conversations that didn't seem to make a tremendous amount of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, characters that didn't need to be there... Mm-hmm. Uh, one in particular, Snake. <laughs> Fucking Snake and his little buddy, who I don't even remember his name, did not need to be in this movie. No. But you come to find out there's a good reason why Snake existed in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that would be because the actor's name happened to be Jonathan Avildsen. Avildsen. And the director's name just happened to be Jonathan <laughs> At Vilson. Imagine that. Yes. So, yeah, the son of the director had tried out for the Mike Barnes character. He was Bad Boy Barnes. And he obviously didn't get it. Mm -hmm. So they created a character of Snake, who, by the way, was Terry Silver's son. Did you know that? No. I had no fucking clue because they never once alluded to that in the entire movie. Really? But, yes, apparently he... The character was created as Terry Silver's son because the director's son didn't get the Mike Barnes part. Huh. Yeah. Well, there you go. We, I think we, you have to go all the way back to our first fucking podcast ever when we spent 45 about. minutes talking about the incest yes, in yes. Hollywood. <laughs> yes. And that's throughout all three of these movies, by the way. All three directed by the same guy. Mm. All, you know, everything was the same for all three movies, except for the cinematographer in the third movie mm-hmm. was replaced because the guy who was the cinematographer for the first two movies yeah. died of AIDS, like okay. a month before this movie came out. So Paul Abdul. What? Paul Abdul. No, Paul Abdul was the dance coordinator right, right. for this movie. Yes. I'm not sure what the fuck you're saying. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead there. Uh, <laughs> um, another weird part, uh, another weird casting decision oh, on this, of course, was uh, Robin Lively, <laughs> who was <Twelve>. 16 <laughs> fucking years old and was supposed to be playing the love interest <laughs> of Daniel, played by Ralph Macchio, who was 27 years old at the time, which made it a very difficult for them to have any kind of, like, 
love scenes. Yeah, like um, so like they had to basically change that character at the last minute to, to be, be friends. Friends because they couldn't make you out. know make out. This was probably one of the few Hollywood movies where they noticed that <laughs> and said no no no. Yeah, we can't do that. It's <laughs> it's a little too weird. But talking of weird Thomas Ann Griffin. There you go, Ty, who plays Terry, so Silver, Terry Silver's best part of the movie. Five months younger than <laughs> Ralph Macchio. <laughs> so Ralph Macchio, who's playing an 18-year-old yeah, or 17-year-old, I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. And Terry Silver, who was supposed to be a guy who was in, what, Korea or Vietnam? Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam. He's supposed to be in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, and he literally, at, in real life, was five months younger than Ralph Macchio. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's it's one of the craziest decisions I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to the movie itself, uh, I think one of the main problems I had with this movie is that Daniel is the main character again. Mm-hmm. Um, he, of course, falls back to the same annoying bullshit. Yeah. That he did in the first movie. I, I, and I know where you're going a with this. A lot of fucking corny one-liners. I know where you're going with this. Well, how's that? And I, I'm going to agree with that. Okay, you percent. go for it then. I, I think this movie would have been awesome. Just like any movie that concentrates on the villain. Um, if this movie concentrated on Crease, I think they had an opportunity there to make a killer movie concentrating on his... I don't say redemption. It could have been redemption, but he just decided to. And so, that might be why Cobra Kai is so fucking good. That's probably why. Because Johnny, the bad guy, you get to see his point of view, mm-hmm. and then you come to find out he really wasn't that bad of a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that when we did, if you go back to the archives, when we did the original Karate Kid, I know that I discussed the whole, the whole YouTube thing <laughs> where Daniel was really the bad guy yeah. in Karate Stole Kid. Stole the girlfriend. Um, and honestly, that seems to be the underlining sentiment of the Karate, the, the Cobra Kai show. Mm-hmm. It was basically, you know, they had this asshole who came into town, stole my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and kept starting shit with me and my friends. Yeah, and that's that's literally the way he looked yeah. at it. Yeah. And it's not difficult to believe that. Yeah, because he's not a very likable person. Every I think out of all three movies, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I kind of want your opinion on this. All three movies, the only selfless act. That John, that Danny makes, Daniel makes in all three movies was saving the girl in the storm. In the storm, and I think giving Miyagi money for his tree plant farm. No, I don't. I don't agree with that either. And you know why? Why? Because Miyagi said no, don't do it. Okay, so he He kept saying, "Don't don't do do it." it. I want you to have your education, and he didn't want to go to fucking school. So once again, it was his way of getting out of something that he didn't want to fucking do. You know, because he knows best. He, know, he knows, and that was kind of the problem with part three. Was Daniel knows best? Was ba- should have been the fucking subtitle of this movie. Daniel knows best. Karate Kid Part Three. Daniel knows best. Yeah. This, I mean, t- they missed a really big opportunity because, unfortunately, Crease, um, the actor uh, Cove, he couldn't be in it all the time. No, he had another movie. He had another movie to make. It's like, why yeah. wait, wait for the damn guy to come back? So that's why they brought in his <laughs> Vietnam buddy. 
who's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Terry Silver is is a silver lining, you know, no pun intended. Yes. In this movie. Now, now the basis of this movie, if you step back and you look at the forest of the trees, the basis of this movie is pretty freaking sadistic. You have yes. a grown man <laughs> wanting to torture a, a, a 17-year-old or how about an 18-year-old? How are his they want well, that that's a conflict right there because it's it's the All Valley under 18, which means he has to be 17 years old. But somehow he went to a bank or to a realty, uh, you know, office. I'm not sure how the fuck you do this and signed for a lease. Yeah. So he's either 17 and signed for a lease, or he's 18, and they just don't give a fuck about yeah. the All 18 under eight, right. uh, under 18. Right. So I, I don't I don't know. I really it's confusing. It's very yeah, it's it's very it's I don't know wh- how old he's supposed to be. And if he's 17, how the hell did he already graduate out of high school? Maybe he was born in November. I don't know. It it just there there's a lot of uh, conflicting type shit going on in this. There, I mean there, there's but again the entire premise of this movie is them Torturing <laughs> a seventeen or eighteen a teenager, year old. yeah, <laughs> like a, a multi-millionaire who runs this company is like, <laughs> and he couldn't. They, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! Like they threw every ridiculous bad guy fucking thing from the eighties into Terry Silver. Oh my God, the ponytail, the pullback of the ponytail, <laughs> pullback ponytail. The way he's like. The way that he's, he's selling stressed. toxic waste. How would it pay off the judge? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna pay. We're gonna we're gonna pay off the judge. We're gonna fucking have the uh, prosecutor come over to my house yeah. for dinner. Yeah, he's ultra rich. Every cliche. cliche. He dresses like a evil, like a villain. He does dress, you know, like <sighs> he's got like this handkerchief at the final scene. This red, like handkerchief. <laughs> a neckerchief. Oh, pompadour. Yeah. You know, I think the only thing that was somewhat interesting was that he had enough thought to sit there and say, I need a junky vehicle to drive around. I'm just like, how the, really? You really have gone that far? Yes, he's planned it all out. (laughs) Revenge, This guy's got nothing better to do with his life. That's it, man. He's got nothing nothing better. better. He's he's a multimillionaire. And he's yeah, got people yeah. that wait on him. Yeah, it's like wipe he, his fucking ass. It's like you know, his, his buddy. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Clean your That's also in the archives from last year. Uh, coming to America. Yeah, which a sequel coming out in, in to Amazon. Yep. In, in a month or two, month I or think. Two, so, uh, but yeah, it's it is. He's got nothing better to do. Nope. He's got, and his buddy, his old Vietnam buddy, who's so obsessed with this tournament. Oh ruined, yeah. Ruined his life somehow. Again, it's. Re- this Creech's character is obsessed with high school kids going to karate yeah. and winning a tournament. A little I think bit it's, of a stretch. I think, it's a, I think when you watch this movie, it's a huge stretch. When you watch Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. suddenly it becomes a little more realistic clear, yeah. and a little more clear. And, and I think we, we kind of touched on this last week, but it's important to kind of touch on it again. Um. They definitely, towards the end, I know that you haven't seen it yet, so spoilers to anybody out there. They definitely allude to the fact that they're, they're you know, they get caught. 
in Vietnam. Okay, Crease and the big the his commander, who's kind of the asshole that looks like uh, Anthony Michael Hall, but he's not Anthony Michael Hall. Um, Who was in the Breakfast Club, which we covered last year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, um, they they get caught, and there's one guy in the cage, and he's like, "I'm afraid I'm gonna die." Blah blah blah, and. Cree stands up and takes his spot because they're fighting over this fucking pit. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're on a this plank of wood and they're fighting on, over this pit. And you don't see what's in the pit, but any fucking moron with half a brain could figure out what's in the pit. Godzilla. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what's in the pit. You figure it out on your own. So, um, there, you know, he steps up and he's like, I'll fight him. And he fights the commander and, and you know, uh, obviously since... He lives, and it's a fight to the death. I'm not really giving anything away by saying that he beats the commander. But it's pretty obvious right then and there that the guy that he took the spot from was Terry Silver. Ah. And at the very end of the third season, he's calling someone on the phone. Oh, So there is a high probability... That Terry Silver's coming yes. back for season four, Terry which Sil- is fucking awesome. Terry Silver is, <laughs> is, is such a great villain. Yeah, and I can't tell you whether I want him to be, like, down on his luck or still, like, <laughs> criminally, insanely rich. Or just, like, dumping, just talks, like, just doing yeah. everything wrong. He's, the he's still, you know, he's running for president. <laughs> <laughs> he's the governor of West Virginia. His entire, you know, his entire state's covered in coal because he doesn't care. All Whatever the, All the is. babies are getting sick, <laughs> getting born with three eyes. Yeah. He he's, got, he's got electric lines over every school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Big about, fucking power station directly next to the kindergarten. Exactly. <laughs> Mutant kids. <laughs> fucking. Well, it's so fucked it's up. So good as me. Like, there's that one scene where. You know, first he introduces like the board guy, the board man, where you know he, he's getting Daniel to break his, you know, hands on the board yeah. and all that, and then like he, he gets Daniel to come back the next day, and there's his punching bag, and he's demonstrating the punching bag and all that, and Daniel's like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, and as, as he's about to punch, Terry says, Wait a second, Why'd you come over here on your friend, <laughs> on your on your friend, <laughs> so the wooden up. board, and the whole reason is you know because Crease wants his fucking knuckles to bleed which is of course a flashback to which by the way the beginning of this movie another five minute long flashback of the first two fucking movies well basically the first movie and then it goes to him you know somewhat suicidal and like (laughs) not paying the bill like not doing anything yeah it's just like he lost the first place man dude took it too hard you got second well, I think that he lost all his students not because he came in second place, but because he goes outside and goes to beat the living <laughs> shit out of everybody in his fucking class. <laughs> I think that kind of did it. I don't know. Um, and then, what about the numerous attempted murders in this in this uh, this this uh, movie? You know, it's the, it's the absurd. Whole, the whole dude. cliff scene. They're threatening to if drop you don't like, fucking, on, really? If you don't sign this, we're going to let you drown. <laughs> it's just, what the hell? Okay, we're going to pull you up. This cry. 
but we're not going to pull you all the way up. <laughs> we're going to fuck with you some more and let go of the rope as you're hanging over yeah. the fucking side. This cry torment is that important that if you don't sign it, we're going to murder you. Yep. We're going to kill you. <laughs> we're not going to get the money if we don't, if we kill you. But we're going to kill you. Ooh. But then, like, once again, that whole scene happens. It, it's it's He is not a likable character. Daniel is no, not no. likable. He's down there digging up a fucking tree that he's not supposed to be yeah. taking because, once again, Daniel knows best. Daniel knows best, yeah. I mean, it's just like, come on, dude. Every fucking time you turn around, he's doing something stupid. So you, so you took pleasure in one of the final scenes of the movie where Daniel's in, in, in training with Terry Silver, and he's, at, he's like down on his luck. And that's <laughs> when uh, Bad Boy, what's his name, pops out. Bad Boy Barnes. Bar, ba- Bad Boy Barnes. And then Crease makes himself known. Mike Barnes. And, Mike Barnes. And they're all just laughing. The bad Boy at, of Karate. <laughs> They're laughing at Daniel getting his ass whooped. Yeah. They're just laughing, like cackling about it. Of course, that's what, that's what, yeah. that's, that comes the best scene. <laughs> the best scene. The, the fucking best scene, Whoa. man. Miyagi shows he, up. He comes in. Silver does the, is mocking <laughs> Miyagi doing the whoa. <laughs> and fucking Miyagi kicks his ass, throws him into a mirror, and white paint comes down on top of him, of course. He's in a black gi, so he, white paint comes down yeah. on him. And he's sitting there, and Miyagi goes up to him and goes, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking Wah. best. It's one of the best scenes Miyagi has in every mo- in all the movies. Wah. Wah. And that's easy to say because the next Karate Kid fucking blew. It blows. What, the next Karate I never saw that. It sucks, dude. It's so fucking horrible. It is so bad. I couldn't even sit down and watch it again. Really? That bad? It's a million-dollar baby is the next Karate Kid. And then they have basically a bunch of Chinese monks. I, I, I don't even understand it. What? Million Dollar Baby. The chick. Yeah. She is Swan. the next Karate Kid. Yeah. What's her name? Something Swan. Swanson. Swanson. Swan. Swappy. Swansy. Swanson. Oh, Samsonite. I wasn't even close. Samsonite. <laughs> Whatever. Horse teeth. Yeah. Wait a minute, I thought Will Smith's kid was the No, that's Karate Kid, the reboot. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, apparently they've got a sequel of that shit coming out. Oh. And that movie stunk. That was not good. And I love Jackie Chan, but it was not good. It was a stinker. Yeah. So the Elizabeth Swan one didn't work out. <sighs> yeah, her name is not Elizabeth Swan. Well, whatever. Isn't Elizabeth Swan the one that was in Titanic? Which was also in the archives. Actually, one of our <laughs> best, better episodes. <laughs> Man, we dissected yeah. the hell out of Titanic. That was the episode that Jimmy Wood pissed me off, so we had a nice little 10-minute discussion about a fucking orgy with the old lady. <laughs> you don't remember that? Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh. Oh. You know, there's an actual... There's Mika showed this to me a couple weeks ago. There's an alternative version to the ending scene of that. No. You need, to, you need to watch when you get home. Okay. It, it is it is bad. Okay. It is very, 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 very bad. And it goes from, like, there's three levels of bad that it progresses through. Okay. And it's it's very bad. It's cringe. What, what do you mean? You know how, like, in the ending of Titanic, she just, old lady. She drops the necklace. Dro- 
totally different. Well, eventually she drops it, but the lead up to it is sappier than that. Dude, dude no, you have to watch it. You'll be like, what? where is it? It's on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube. Okay, dude, dude, all right. You'll have to send me the link. You'll have. You'll watch. And you'll be like, it's seriously. You think it's over, and it gets cringier. Oh, and you think it's over, then it gets even cringier. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. You just be like, what did I just watch? <laughs> and how could they even come up with this nonsense? So. So anyway, we. Uh, I don't know, dude. We, we've, we, we haven't covered any of this movie, but we've pretty much covered all of this movie. It's sen- I mean, essentially, we don't need to. I mean, it? it's, it's the new, same movie the as, format, as the first one. The new format is that we're not going into. Well, I know. I'm just saying we're like. We're covering it without covering it because, to be honest with you, like they're they're you know it's about revenge. Crease's it's revenge. a revenge movie, but the problem is, is it's Crease's revenge, and he's not even in. Yeah, it doesn't know, work. At least half of the movie. Yeah, you, and, and Terry Silver does not is not a very good substitute. He's a great villain, but he's not a good substitute because he's a different person than Crease. Yeah, and. I mean, it wouldn't have worked. It's not like Daniel would have fell for it if it was Crease. So I'm not exactly sure how you do the story without writing Crease out of it. But hmm. at the same time, it seems so obvious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the first thing he teaches them is, like, this this front sweep. Okay, you you know, the front sweep, and that's no big deal. Yeah. But he immediately gets them into, the, into doing karate at, like, 2 a.m., mm-hmm. and, you know, he's just doing karate all fucking night, and he's punching wood and shit. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you start there? Why wouldn't you start on a punching bag? Why is it that I walked in and you're using a punching bag, but you want me to use a fucking piece of wood? Mm -hmm. So it it seems to me like, as per usual, Daniel just consistently makes bad decision after bad decision, and eventually Miyagi has to keep bailing him out left and right and left and right. And, you know, the whole time this old man has to keep placating to this young boy and just saying, you know, oh, you strong roots. You, you strong roots. Strong roots. You grow back. But, of course, the... the Ah, break an arm. It it, it mend because strong strong roots. roots. Now, we forgot that, you know, just like Karate Kid 1 and Karate Kid 2, the kata is the important part in this movie. Uh, so once again, he's learning something completely inane, doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's the way he wins in the end. Yes. He same, mes- same fucking, him. the first movie, it's, it's the crane kick. Yes. Okay. He's, he shouldn't even have been learning the fucking crane kick. He's learns it and that wins the fucking day. Mm-hmm. Second movie, it's the drum. Whoa, wait a minute. Drum is secret to to Miyagi Do fucking karate. Well, why didn't you tell me about the drum in the first? Why am I sanding the floor if all I needed was the drum? Mm-hmm. But then somehow he turns that around and, and fucking wins that wins fight. That so one. in the third one, he's doing kata, and kata. This is after he gets is kind of like a just gets destroyed. Oh yeah, for fucking he gets, lit he gets just lit up for three minutes. Yes, just beat his ass. Yeah. Get you know, and and Barnes is perfect at it. I mean, he yeah. gets a point, loses a point, yeah. like hits him in the bad spot where he knows that he's not going to get a point, but yeah. it's just painful. Yeah, I mean, he beats the shit out of him. And there's once again, I know we kind of touched on this last week, but 
lots of fucking racist comments in this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times they actually call Miyagi a slope in this movie. Mm -hmm. It is over the top in my opinion. I, I don't know. I can't remember if there was like that subtle racism just everywhere back in the 1989. Actually, but to me, to, to me, and I know it's different. It kind of sort of fits because, again, they both fought in Vietnam. Yeah. So there's probably this hatred towards. Yeah, but Barnes does it too. Oh, okay. See, I mean, I don't want to excuse Crease and Silver. Mm -hmm. I agree with what you're saying. They were from Vietnam, and to have that kind of prejudice against, you know, Asians, it, it's, I don't want to say it's understandable, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you can kind of make an argument. Mm -hmm. But Barnes is literally, first off, he, that, the scene at the end when uh, Daniel's down, and he's, you know, trying to get his head back together to get back up to the line. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Barnes is sitting there screaming at him. Yes, yes. Get up. Get that up whole thing. thing, first off, was ad-libbed. Wow, really? The whole thing was ad-libbed. That's great. And the whole thing was, your karate sucks, your slope teacher's karate oh, sucks. Geez. It was just like, what the fuck, dude? Mm. I mean, it was, it was very over-the-top racist. It was very, like... You know, you're a piece of shit and you're karate shit mm -hmm. and, you know, get up and, not, you know, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. It, it was, for a PG movie, mm -hmm. it was pretty aggressive. Like, I mean, if it was a rated R movie, it would be nothing. Mm -hmm. e even a PG-13 movie, mm, you know, you're kind of on the edge. I had no idea that Barnes, the guy who played Barnes, wanted to be like a big soap opera star. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, he had the look, but I don't know if he had the acting chops. And another weird thing was, was he, from what I understand, he was a green belt when he did this movie. Like, he happened to be the least, you know, apparently all the people in the movie had to do karate training. Mm -hmm. Okay, even Daniel and everybody. Mm -hmm. So, like, when he came on, he had the lowest belt mm -hmm. of any of the people that were doing karate in the oh, movies. Okay. Okay, but he also did all his own stunts. Mm -hmm. And from what, uh, let me see, I, I think I wrote it down somewhere. Um, he, okay, yeah, Sean Kanan, uh, he beat out 2,000 other martial artists and did his own stunts, which led to a torn uh, abdominal wall. Mm -hmm. Basically, there's the scene where he kept on, like, he had to keep jumping onto the ground, onto his stomach. Mm -hmm. And he ke he had to do it for, like, 20 takes. Yeah, I, I read about that. And and in the process, he ended up tearing his abdominal wall. And then, like, a day or two later, he passed out, like, unconscious on the uh, while filming. So, like, they had to rush him to the hospital. And apparently, about a year or two after, he did an interview based on this movie, and he said that because of the problem, you know, because of getting injured during the movie, he almost lost out the role to Brandon Lee. Oh, wow. Wow. So they, they almost recast it and brought Brandon Lee in, which would have been kind of cool, but would have been just another disappointment in the Brandon Lee uh, saga. saga, which it's weird. I like his movies a lot, but they're not good. Very good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Rapid Fire, I love. Not the best movie. Um, you know, Showdown in Little Tokyo, I love it. 
mm, far from the best movie. Mm. The Crow was definitely by far his best, best film movie, yeah. and was his breakout film. It would have catapulted his oh, yeah, career. He was, he, was, he was destined after that, unfortunately. I mean, you, you know, you, you have to make the corollaries between him and his father. And I, we did, if you go back in the archives and listen to The Crow. <laughs> so... I don't like really I have much more to say about this movie. I no, really no, don't. we covered all my notes. Um, I will say I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I would. Yes, because of Terry Silver. Uh, Terry Silver is is so he is the. I mean, you you know who he reminded me of, the old guy in Roadhouse, the bad guy. Yes, he he's the same fucking character. Yes, which it's amazing how similar these bad guy characters were mm-hmm. in the 80s. Like, they were basically the same guy over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they just took every trope and threw it on top of them. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Can the see weird that. part about it is he has zero morals at all. No, yeah, he's just... He's but he's ready to basically lay down his life for crease. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's dichotomy right there. Yeah, it, it's weird. His own code. It, he'll, he'll, he'll dump chemicals into... Yeah, he'll kill know. thousands of people yeah. by do- dumping toxic chemicals into uh, yeah. the drinking water of an elementary school. Flint, but Michigan. <laughs> Flint, Michigan. That's what happened. That's what happened, yeah. That's right. It's going to come out. When they call him... The next when, documentary when by uh, Fat Boy. Michael Moore. No, that's what's going to happen. When they call him, Terry Silver, last episode, yeah. he'll be governor of Michigan. Flint, Michigan. He's going to be mayor of Flint, Michigan. <laughs> so, all right. So, what in, what would you give this movie? Um, I'm going to give this movie a four and a half. Okay. I enjoyed it more. I definitely enjoyed it more than Karate Kid Part 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also enjoyed it a lot more than Taken. We're now in our third week on the new podcast. Yes. So, uh, I this is the best movie of the three. Wow. See, I'm I'm just the opposite. I think that this movie is a solid five, and I give this solid movie a solid five rather than a four because of um, Terry Silver, Thomas Eingrith. Uh, yeah. I think his Silver is great. He's worth an entire point. Maybe, but yeah. The rehash storyline. But see, then you have to take points away because of Robin Lively and that storyline. The you know you're going to the fucking. I I discussed this with you before we even watched the movies. I'm like, you're going to for the third love interest, but this one they can't even be love interests. They're, they're going to yeah. be buddies. Well, to me, the it's con- like what the fuck? the revenge concept would have been great, but you got to take a point away because it's not really revenge. Nope. To stand up. And it's a rehash storyline. They could have done, you know. So I think five is a solid. It's a solid five. It's a solid five. And when I say I know, it's not like we're that far off, I said four and a half. I, for I know. Fuck's I, sake. I know. I'm just saying it's a middle of the road movie. Yeah. You know. And I think it's just slightly a below middle of the road. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, I, you know, I think. Uh, okay, you know, I can, I can, I can watch it again. I'd sit down and watch it again. If I was in the mood, I'd do only for Terry Silver, just being the, you know. And I would, and I think. If they bring Terry Silver back for season four, which I believe they will, I hope that they get Thomas Ann Griffith, which they've been very, very good about bringing back the original people. Um, So I would love for them to bring him in. Mm -hmm. You know, I would love to see him look exactly the same, (laughs) except for 
his hair is completely gray and pulled yeah. back in a ponytail. And the, yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be awesome. That would be, and it's, 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 his hairline's a little bit receded too. It, maybe it doesn't have to be, but you know, it, that would just be perfect. Yeah. And you know, he's taken over an Indonesian country or something. <laughs> I don't care what it, or or he's the new owner of Twitter or something. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he is evil incarnate. <laughs> even 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 better. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening to us. Um, we got Groundhog's Day in a couple weeks. Yep. And uh, we're still on the side. What we're doing next week? No, uh, we doing Lost Boys, aren't we? Oh, Lost Boys. Yeah. Sorry, Lost Boys. Next Boy. week we're doing Lost Boys. Lost Boys, and then Groundhog's Day. It wouldn't that be a little early? No. Oh, okay. Dead on. All right. That's cool. So then next two are Lost Boys and Groundhog Day. Yes. Two 80s movies right there. Yep. Right at you. Yep. Um, Coolio. Coolio. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. We'll be back. Bye-bye.